Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hello, everybody. This is Eden, and Kim's here with me. This is Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another new episode. Hi, Kim. Hello. Hi, everybody. Everybody says hi, Pack. <laughs> I, I don't know why I thought that. Like, I feel like everybody's waving. Hi. Um, thanks uh, for being here. We have, a, we have a new guest today that I feel like this is something I don't think we, in all of our hundred and something episodes, we've never had anyone with this topic. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you are the first. So I'm going to introduce our guest. His name is John Darby. And uh, he is... Oh my goodness, I don't have it in front of me. Do I have it? I'll read it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. He's, I get it. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> He's a presenting con contributor of Body, Mind, and Badge. Um, and, and it's a book. And it's, he's a retired L.A. County officer, former bodyguard, and Gulf War veteran with USAF security forces and he enjoys weightlifting trail running eastern philosophy meditation and astrology he's an avid world traveler and lives in Arizona that you know what Kim it cut off it's not there so I'm there. not here okay okay John you're meant to move I'm just kidding <laughs> we're very silly like this it's great I do <laughs> <laughs> okay hi john hello hi eden how are you today i'm hey really good it's a beautiful day here in scottsdale so good yeah. okay yeah. so we want to know more about your story and sure. how you know how did you um it says that you're retired police right. officer how right. did that happen so um i i was retired in an injury on duty uh, so I was, I joined, uh, the police department in 2000 after I got out of, uh, the military and finished the bodyguard work. I was in the family business for a few years in 2000. I went back into law enforcement, uh, cause that's what I did in the air force. And, uh, I was, I loved the career. I was patrolman for most of my career, but then I got transferred to a special, special problems unit, like a community police officer. And uh, one night we were actually pulled from our uh, regular duty and we we were working. Uh, it's kind of a gang detail because there was a gang threat in the uh, in our city at the time. And so I was actually working with my brother that night and uh, we were kind of expecting a, a busy night, but not too busy. But turns out we, we get a call of a shots fired call in a cemetery of all places. Uh, my brother's driving. I'm the uh, I'm the passenger or riding shotgun, and we had another unit behind us. We go up on this guy, um, but he was hiding in the bushes, and we we didn't see him until the last second. He came out. He ambushed us with a shotgun, and uh, I don't know how he missed, 
because I wouldn't have missed, but he did because I'm talking to you right now. And uh -huh. um, so uh, he missed. We actually contained him because there's only one way in, one one way in and one way out. We were able to set up a roadblock. Um, we contained him, but he wasn't cooperating with the, the hostage negotiator, not the hostage negotiator, the crisis negotiators. And um, he actually charged the roadblock that I was setting up. Um, so I was still in the vehicle setting up this roadblock. And uh, he came down. He was charged for my position in his SUV. Um, and I, I had to bail out of my car, get behind a tree. And we had we had guns on him at the time. And he's coming right for me. So we all fired our weapons. And he was actually, um, he stopped. He crashed into my vehicle. Um, and the incident was over. Nobody was hurt except him. Um, he actually lived. He took a round to the, uh, to the skull. Um, and that was it. The incident was terminated. The only issue was, uh, you know, at, you have to stay home for three days after a shooting like that. Um, and uh, my ear, it had completely went haywire. And so I had, turns out I had nerve damage from the, from the two shootings back to back. Um, mm. Vertigo, um, a severe like uh, sensitivity to loud noise. And uh, that was the beginning of the end of my career. I actually, I, re I got relieved of duty about a year later because it was, the pain was very, very intense. So that's, that's how I retired. And I, I actually, I got relieved of duty in 2009 and was, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, 2009 and I retired in 2011. So it's been a while now. Mm -hmm. So that's the story, um, how I became retired. Wow. Yeah. Intense, a movie. What's that? I said it's intense, like a movie. It actually was a movie. It was, it was, you oh. know, all the, yeah. Um, we have a lot of, you know, I, I lived in LA County and I worked in LA County. You have crazy incidents all the time, but that was definitely the the craziest. And he was a he was a bad guy. He actually, um, he's a murderer. Um, he got uh, two hundred and eleven years oh. prison. Yeah, so he's uh. not get out anytime soon. So, so it's a movie, though. What's that? It is a movie. Uh, it, it felt like it that night. Um, oh, it should be. Yeah. yeah. Should, but, uh, <laughs> I wish it was painful. Movies aren't painful. That was that was painful because I was uh, on ibuprofen for the next two years. So yeah. Wow. Oh, anyway. wow. wow. Did you get an ulcer? <laughs> you know that's interesting. You, because I got one from ibuprofen. Wow. So I just recently started having um uh the the gastritis right and oh. it's, you know also too it's from um turning on the news you turn on the news there's yeah. tension right and so but i love spicy food you know um i drink too much coffee so my my, my diet's really acidic so i've had to change my diet i'm actually feeling a lot better but mm. yeah got to be careful ibuprofen can really mess up your system if you take too much I did. So, yep, I yeah. know you, you during that time, um, Eden had talked to you and you had said you went through, you know, the, not only the, that feeling of the injury and the nerve damage and depression and your dad had passed away and just mm -hmm. a lot going on and you look great and your energy is great. So how like what was that like then? And then how did you transition into who you've become now? So, yeah, that's a great question. It's it's actually where the story really starts when, mm -hmm. when it comes mental health and how I recovered. Um, you mentioned my dad, 
it was right when I was relieved of duty. My dad was in the hospital from a botched surgery. It was a malpractice. We wow. didn't anything, but wow. he died a week after I was relieved of duty. And, um, and I was very close to my father, um, very close. And I was the last person to see conscious. And so a week after that, break up with my girlfriend at the time. And so in, in the course of two weeks, my life has completely changed. And I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of physical pain. Um, if, you, if you've ever had an ear injury, it's not just your ear. There's all these nerves behind it, right? And um, you have TMJ, you know, your clenched jaw. Um, you, can't, you can't even go to a movie theater. You can't definitely no nightclubs or anything like that. So your, your life has just fundamentally changed. And I, I got very quiet. Um, I had a, a really good background in philosophy, spirituality. And so I knew that I was going through the dark night of the soul, you know, um, on top of all of this, the doctor I'm giving, they're giving me instructions while I'm going through workers comp, no more weightlifting, no more trail running. It's just, you know, so I, everything, every stress relief I had is gone. And so I was like, okay, what can I do? And, you know, doctor said, well, you can walk. And so I was like, okay. So I started walking and, um, I, I also found this meetup.com. I saw this, uh, medical Qigong class. Uh, have you heard of Qigong? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like Tai Chi Qigong. And I was like, that's interesting. It's not too physical. And I go there and it's just a bunch of old people and me. Uh, now I'm an old people, but so, <laughs> yeah. So I, I learned these really easy, deceptive, deceptively simple exercises. And I'm walking six to nine miles a day. Um, I lived in Pasadena at the time. And uh, there's the Rose Bowl there. I don't know if you've ever been out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful track. It's three miles. So some days I'd walk it twice. Sometimes I walk it three times. Um, so I'm doing Qigong twice a week. I'm walking and I'm getting skinnier and skinnier. I lost, you know, all my muscles leaving. And so I'm, I'm trying my best to maintain a positive uh, outlook. So I, uh, have you ever guys seen that movie? What the bleep do we know? Mm-hmm. You have? Me know. Me know. Yeah. Yeah. Then. I actually, I actually know the girl who produced it. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Great movie, right? Yeah, amazing movie. And there was there was one scene in that movie that really stood out to me. And it was the scene with the water. The thoughts and how they, a harmonious thought, mm-hmm. can change the crystalline structure of water. And knowing that our bodies are 60% water, I'm thinking, okay, I really need to take control of my thoughts. And that's when I started doing affirmations. And... I would walk and I would do these affirmations to cadence as I'm walking. I'm breathing and I'm also saying these affirmations at the same time. I'm doing Qigong every morning. I, I have my brother, I was living with him at the time. I get in my little Tai Chi outfit and I, <laughs> I would, I play a little Asian music in the background and I would do this, this pattern of movements. It's called medical Qigong. Um, and little by little by little, the pain went away. 
and um, my body calmed down, my ear calmed down. And um, after maybe a year, I was, I felt completely myself again. And it wow. was, was beautiful. Wow. Yeah. That's, See, go ahead. You healed yourself. I did. I did because, you know, Western medicine wasn't working for me. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do my stomach lining any more damage than it has already been done. You know, I was, when I was going, when I went back to work after the shooting, I was chewing 800 milligrams of Motrin just to get through a shift. And I do it twice a day. So I know I did some damage to my stomach, but um, I knew that there was an energetic component to this and that I had to take the stress out of my body. Um, and Qigong and reprogramming my mind uh, was the method I used to do it. Yeah. I love that. Cause I, I, I do a lot of speaking at groups and, um, I always talk about the Japanese water study and I think that what was in the movie, but they, they talk about how one body of water, you, you yell hate filled words and, you know, you can yell curse words at the water for a month and the next body of water, you ignore it. And the third body of water, you can sing to it or play music or say love filled things. And the first body of water, um, and his last name, if you want to YouTube it, his last name is Emoto. I know that. E-M-O-T-O. -O. Dr. And, Emoto. Huh? Dr. Emoto. Yeah. Yes. He's, yeah. He just passed yeah. away. Yes. And okay. he, and so the first body of water that you said music and positive things turns beautiful and has even like almost these, these snowflake patterns. And then the middle body of water is just gray and murky and the body of water with the curse words and the hate filled words turns black. And so, it just is such motivation, like you said, for what you're telling yourself, what you're saying out loud, because your body is going to react. And then it also reminds me what you did is um, Deepak Chopra talks about how our cells can regenerate over and over and over again. And the biggest cause of aging and, and body pain and accidents and things like that is our belief about aging. And so if we're constantly thinking like, well, yeah, this happens when you're 70, so I'm, it's bound to happen to me, then all of a sudden, oops, uh, my hip or whatever, you know, yeah. doesn't mean that's the only thing, but it definitely contributes. And so if we can do the habits you're talking about, John, things like that, and just believe, you know, I'm rejuvenating myself, then we can feel better when we're 80 than we felt when we were 60. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I feel like I'm... 23 again and I'm 51 and so I've been doing this since 2000 uh, 2010 so 13 mm -hmm. and you know we we all know anybody who's been in the self-help movement or study self-help books they always mention affirmations the powers of powers of thought but then now we have science to back it up right with Dr. Emoto what it does to the to the water in our body and so one thing I, I kind of tell people is like hey you know that the world is happy to program you. You have to program your, you have to condition your mind. Our brains are computers. And so if I'm always, you know, exposing myself to toxic news and toxic entertainment, and I'm not counteracting it, uh, you know, with thoughts of compassion and understanding, and humility, then I am going to become what is coming into my brain. I mean, and so, there's so much violence in the world right now. I mean, you turn on the news, you turn on TV, you Netflix, everything is violence. And so yeah. we, we have to find ways to, to counteract that. And 
affirmations and even using my breath to anchor the affirmations, right, has, has worked wonders for me. I, create, I think it creates like an energetic field around you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, so, well, and I love how you, you're doing that. You were or you still are doing the affirmations when you're walking because it's known that if you're actually physically moving and putting stuff in your brain, it goes in deeper into your consciousness because you're doing two different movements. Right. That's exactly correct. And I also I, I do something from uh, from Taoist medicine. Uh, you know, there's energy centers in the body. Um, and there's this, if you, you can Google it, it's called the microcosmic orbit. And it's this line of energy that goes up the spine and down the front of the body and it creates a loop. So not only do I, I run the affirmations when I'm breathing in up the loop and breathing down, down the loop. And so I'm now I'm anchoring it energetically into the body. And it is so powerful because whenever you're doing that scooping, I call it scooping the loop. It's one of my teachers. He taught me that you scoop the loop uh-huh. and positive affirmations. They just, they start launching it to your brain. So, oh, anchoring so good. Energy. I know that's great for like OCD people who have some of that, that they're dealing with and it's just so many things, so many things, mm-hmm. but you know what I have to comment that it's so nice and refreshing to see a male, uh, first of all, choose to heal yourself um, or do the healing work as opposed to, and I, I shouldn't just say males because many, yeah. many people do this of all kinds, but I, you know, mostly men, like I, for my clients, I have mostly female. So it's really nice to see a male do the work and, you know, you could have chosen a different route, an escape route. Yeah. It's, that would have been easy to do. And, yeah. you know, I know a lot of uh, a lot of cops when they retire, um, mm-hmm. they lose their sense of purpose. And I think now it's changing a little bit because there's more information out there and you have social media. So people are like, you know, I have to stay on top of my game now because people can still see me. Right. But I know a lot of cops, they fall into alcoholism, you yeah. know, and they they develop unhealthy lifestyles when they retire. And so I. But then there are a few of us and people that I know that actually went the other way to say, now I have time to really um, take care of myself, um, body, mind and spirit. You know, yeah. I think it's it's great, especially when they're sharing it on social media. It's like we're all rooting for you, man. And you inspire others to do the same thing when they retire. Mm-hmm. So- yeah, I wish it was before they retire, though. I feel like, <laughs> you know, that field needs especially that field. They need more support they they do it's a very difficult profession right now at this time and obviously everything we went through you know with the riots of 2020 and both of my brothers are still they're still on the department and they they say it's it's just crazy out there right now yeah so you're you're right but you know it's so difficult to create time to do the um, to do the work, as you said, when you're yeah. still rusts of, you know, you're in a defensive posture the entire time when you're a police officer. You're, you, you know, the su- suspects are coming at you. You know, your sergeants like ripping on you about your reports. The defense attorneys, and your everything you do is now everyone has a camera, and so everything you do is um, can be perceived or misperceived. 
there's a lot of stress on law enforcement right now. And uh, so any any guys that I talk to that are still on, I'm always, hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee. Let's let's talk it out because I'm like, I'm not afraid to talk about that stuff. It's yeah. uh, from my path and I'm 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 happy to share it, you know, so. That's so good. Yeah. How, how are you helping others today? Today, so this is interesting. You say that. Um, I, I, I'm in solitude most of the time, and uh, so I like to. I don't want to say work with people, but I speak with people like a spiritual friend, one on one, and I kind of meet them where they're at. So people who are in my my local universe, I've been working with, and I think. Um, now, like your medium here, I'm going to start saying yes to these these kind of uh, podcasts and things like that, because I think um, perhaps I can give someone a few tools that they can use to get them out where I was. So I'm just starting this um, yeah. coming out into the, the public and, and talking about these things. I've, I'm an introvert, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I spend yeah. a lot of time by myself and I'm, I'm in Arizona. All my family's out where you guys are. Yeah. You know? um, but I'm doing this to work on my mind and, and keep growing. But I, I definitely, I'm, at, I'm in that place now where I want to share it. So here I am. Good. Cause you're an inspiration to those who, especially, I don't know if they, you know, cops have this certain mentality, <laughs> um, you know, they're in their power and the ego stuff. That's the way it's perceived. So it's really great that you're doing this. You're speaking out and you're more than that. And you can do, you, you know, you can work on yourself and still be, to have a career, but, and it's just, it's just to me inspiring and for males too, very inspiring. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. I think, and I, I think a lot of guys, um, most of the guys I know, uh, they work out, um, they're, they're balanced in their drinking and they, they still like to every once in a while. And I do too. I have a bourbon or two on the weekends. I enjoy my life, but I find that balance, you know, and, but a lot of cops are very religious and they're, and they're very, they're devout family, men and women, you know, they're beautiful people. But here's the thing is that their side of the story is never told in the public. Yeah. We always get what bad cop did over there, but you yeah. don't get 200,000 that saved lives that day, you know? And so um, the, the cops I know, they're solid people. And yeah, some of them have big egos, but sometimes you need a big ego to deal with the world right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. You got to fight fire with fire sometimes, but you also, when you're, when you're out of that element, yeah, you need to find that balance in any way you can, condition the body, mind, and spirit, you, you definitely have to do that. However, the pro, whatever method it is for you or the cop, basically. So. Do you, do you feel like cops out there, like, for example, I have a client who was in, I think it was the CIA or something. She was, she was doing a really serious drug bust and she got into an accident and she got traumatic brain injury and she was forced to retire. And she went back and got her doctorate, and now she's doing therapy for police officers. Amazing. And so, yeah, and I have not talked to her about, like, the turnout, like, how many actually come to her. But I was just curious, like, is that kind of, like, are the guys mostly, like, oh, no, I don't need that. I'm good. Because a lot, I see that a lot with my clients, is that their husbands won't go to therapy. 
but the girls, yeah. you know, I see that a lot, although there are some guys. So how is it out there in your opinion? So you're, you're right on that. Uh, I, I call it John Wayne syndrome. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right? Makes sense. I got about it. And I see that a lot. I've seen it with my friends. You know? um, and technically those guys are, they're, they're going to the gym. All right. And they're, yeah. they're out on the weights there. The, the guys that I know and I, I hang out with, that's usually their, their method of therapy or they're triathletes, they're runners. So they, they find ways to do it that way. Um, so they need to have some sort of uh, pressure release valve um, because they, the whole therapy thing, yeah, it kind of has a bad rap in law enforcement, but that's changing, I think. It, it really is changing because they see the, the benefits of it. So uh, I did therapy after my shooting um, and it was really great. I enjoyed it. Um, I learned some things, but it was only about, I think I may have done five or six sessions. Uh, but I had already, I've been exposed myself to, uh, you know, the Eastern philosophy since I was in the military and uh, I studied all these religions. And so I, I kind of had a good base of, of how to handle deep conflict, you know, and I've done the shadow work and all that other stuff, but, you know, therapy, it's most cops are, they're open to it now. You know, there is softening that's happening, um, but still, it is definitely a challenge. And that's kind of why I wrote the book, you know, because we're not write the book. I wrote a chapter in the book yeah. just to say, hey, I'm just like you. And I did these things and, you know, you can, too, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was wondering because there's got to be so much trauma going on. And yeah. that, yeah. And um, that book that it, it came out in 21 or 22? 21. Mm -hmm. 21. Okay. Um, yeah. So they're, the, the authors in the, in the book, they're all, they all from um, that field? Were they all cops? Police officers, yeah. Body police back. officers. I, call, I have to call it police officers. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. That, that's cool. I think that's yeah. neat. Yeah. To see, to see that, you know, their stories and because right how we perceive them is just what we see on the news. Yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because uh, I, I always, whenever I'm investigating something, I want to get both sides. I think that's just the intelligent thing to do, but you know, every an algorithm now, right? Whatever algorithm you're in, that's the only news you're going to get. If you're in a police officers or bad algorithm, that's all you're mm -hmm. going to see. But yeah. so step back and say, hey, you know what? There's what I don't know how many 600,000 police officers in the, in the country. You know, 99.9% .9 of them are good people. They're great people. They will take a bullet for you. They, mm -hmm. wear, they wear vests to protect them from bullets every time they go to work. Who else does that? You know, in, in, in the United States, obviously the military does. So. A lot of people they they forget that they just oh that cop was mean to me when he pulled me over and but yeah. they 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 get the oh the whole romanticism of cops and you know yeah. cs all that other stuff mm -hmm. it's most of the time if you're in the inner city or la it's grunt work if you're out there it's tough and so i just you know i want to be a message for them too it's like mm -hmm. hey they're good people out there um that are, <laughs> you know and even when I see cops, I go out of my way to say, hey, thank you. Thank you for being mm -hmm. here. I never That's tell 
Good, but I always look at them as superheroes. I'm like, they're daring because I could never do that. You know, it's you yeah. guys, it's that's tough that you did that. And did you do you feel like you ever have because I would imagine that over the years you did that, there would be some really or even with the military, there were some really traumatic or scary things you experienced. Do you mm -hmm. feel like any of that is still like in you and that you haven't healed it yet? Or how have you healed it? So, yeah, you still you have flashbacks. Um, but they're not debilitating. And uh, I mean, perhaps some, I think every cop, uh, especially ones in cities, they have an element of PTSD. Yeah. You know, you see, it's not just the violent things, it's the suicides. You know, you see a lot of death. I had a suicide when I was, you know, a young officer. I still think about it at least once a month because it was, it was pretty gruesome. I'm not going to share it with you, but it's just like you, you get a front row seat for life. And mm -hmm. it's not a Disney movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so you you sort of, you you don't resist it. You just accept it. And if that if a little fear response comes up in your body, I use this technique. I say, I'm thinking about the incident. It's in the past. I'm 100% safe. You know, mm. you know it's That's just a thing that I say to myself and it dissipates so a lot of this work and meditation and affirmations it's seeing your thoughts uh as, as separate from you like you're the observer right you know this you're watching thoughts and you choose which road you're going to go down yeah. and it, this is why mindfulness is so important you know you're you're aware of what's going on in your brain and you say hey look i'm the observer i can decide which thoughts i'm going to allow in and which thumbs are going to, you know, kick out the back door, you know? And so mm -hmm. mindfulness is meditation. We haven't got into it, but it's very, very important, you know, um, learning to watch your thoughts and separate yourself. So that's kind of, that's my technique for doing it. Yeah. I don't even know what my technique is for what I do, but it's very similar. It reminds me when you describe being on the scene and seeing those gruesome suicides or you know those things in front of you it had to be so traumatic and i deal with it afterwards and i just like i had a a mother i i worked with the other day i'm not going to talk about the story but it it was gruesome also and so i get that too but and i i deal with the families that are survived they that survived these people and their pain that they express when I'm working with them. And I don't know, some people ask me, like, how do you not get affected by that? Mm -hmm. I just, for me, I like, I know I'm supposed to be doing this mm -hmm. because I'm helping people. And there's something about me that I'm able to separate from it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's, like, I think that we've gotten good at st stepping out here and looking in at your life when you need to. And I think I've done that. It's interesting, though. I think I've done that so much in what you said about watching your thoughts, John. And I think I've gotten so self-aware that sometimes I feel like this happens to me quite a bit. I'll feel like a hyper-awareness of life almost. Like I'm like, okay, I'm in this like bubble of life and this is what I'm filling it with today. And what does this mean? And what does that mean? I get like overboard. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, it just sometimes it feels very unique <laughs> yeah for sure i mean we've got look at the world we're in now there's so much information right. so many actions it's so difficult to maintain that observer position 
you know, because the mind wants to jump into everything and the mind's in, the ego's in. And it's reactive yeah. as a intelligent response, which is where right. the observer hangs out, right? And so I, I like to use the metaphor of uh, a, a screen, like a, a film screen, right? Like the observer is just the screen. It allows everything to happen. The screen can be on the observer, but it's, I'm sorry, the, the objects are on the observer, but it, the screen isn't affected, right? And so I, I really, there's a, a beautiful meditation structure. Have you ever heard of Rupert Spira? Mm-mm. No, it's, it's called non-duality. And maybe you've heard of that or whatever, but it, it's just this how to stay as that observer how to stay as conscious. That way, when all the distractions are there, you see them as distractions and you're constantly at peace. Constantly. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's it, good. It grows. Yeah. It's like going to the gym. If you exercise it and you're still always back in the observer, that peace just grows. And then you never want to go back to being, you know, distracted or involved in everything or your ego. It's like, it's very beautiful because you get very humble you're, you're very kind you know i used to have a problem with road rage that's all <laughs> now you know i just i let things be you know yeah so it's it's a very important part of this work i think it's this oh, the spirit yeah. element of body mind and yeah absolutely who's, who's been your favorite author or philosopher or influence oh boy i've got a lot um so, if you could only if you could only pick one and you were you were you had to stay in a house for a full year and you only could pick one. Wow. Are you, are the, is he in the house with that person? No, just reading or listening to I guess you could be there with them. <laughs> How about that? Like let him have him over. Well, they they could be even if they're dead, you're channeling them. Okay, that's good. So most of my uh even the teachers I knew, they're all gone now. Um, but the one book I think, uh, and I, I come from Christianity and I still love elements of it. Um, but I've also, I spent some time in Hinduism and Buddhism and, uh, you know, the spirituality I've, and quantum physics. I, I'm a, I'm not a seeker, but I'm a searcher. I'm an investigator. You know, I'm, I'm trying to find the truth and not just, um, my truth is I want absolute truth. Mm-hmm. What is truth? Everyone. And that's a, it's a very abstract thing to pursue, but uh, it's, it's been a, a, probably my life mission. Um, one of the, he, he actually comes from India and he's from uh, uh, probably Hindu. Uh, the, the philosophy is called Advaita Vedanta, which just means non-duality in their language. Um, but there's a, the sage is, his name is, it's a mouthful, Nisargadatta Maharaj. Wow. That's a name? That's a name. It's a name. Maharaj. Maharaj. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, He wrote a book called I Am That. Uh, And the the simple premise is acknowledging the the divine within you, the God within you. And not the ego, but the one that we all share. That when we say non-duality, it means not two. That we're all one. And it's, it's not like, I don't really share this with my cop friends and all this other stuff. I've been on this journey that's been largely solitary, but that book, it really helped me calm my thoughts down and realize the, that the consciousness, the light of consciousness is actually the answer to 
mm-hmm. to all of the issues. So it's it's a good it's a good read if you, if you're on that path. I'm gonna yeah. order it. Yes. Okay. Great. Okay, I'll give I'll give you one besides besides loving Dr. Wayne Dyer. Um, one of the most life changing books is called Oneness mm-hmm. by Rasha. So I've read Oneness. Oh, of course, I yeah. love it. So I think a, we, we all well, have now. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was a long time ago. It came up about about maybe twenty years ago, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just um, it's just a powerful one. We've me- it's interesting, Eden, because we've mentioned it on the show a few times, and I've had people come back to me and go, "Oh, I read that book. I heard about it on your podcast." And oh, so it's good. Kind of we're selling around. it. We're selling it. I know, right? Yeah. So very cool. Yeah, it's a great yeah. book. I think a couple more too after that. Um, yeah, I haven't a- read the other ones yet. Right, she's in Santa Fe, I think. Um, so, yeah, great book. Yeah, I would, and I, I ju- that was one of the books that jumped off the shelf at me. There was, uh, a, was okay. That, that- so I think I mentioned it because you're supposed to go back and and look through it again. Some it's one of those books though that you open it up and it's like what you're supposed to hear that day. Like it's it's so yeah. Profound. Yep, I agree. So and you're gonna need to look at page seventy two. There we go. That was the year I was born, so that's easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I love it. Yeah, great. Thank you. <laughs> Let us know what it says. No, we can, we can, we can actually look at ours. Did you, just, did you just pull that out of the air? Yeah. You got okay. it into it. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna while you while you ask him one more thing, I'm gonna see if I have the book right here. I might. Oh, okay. you're gonna read it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's in your room. Okay. We're all watching, we're, yeah. we're all watching Kim in her room. <laughs> We have to fill the space with some. It's not. It's not you can't find it. Okay. All right. Not yet. I don't know where mine is. Oh, you have to fit in private. Yes. <laughs> yes. We, uh, Kim and I did a book recommendation. How about you? Yeah. yeah. Do you, okay. I don't read very much, but the one Wait, that yeah. the, the one that made um, me start the healing journey is the heroine's journey. By Meredith Murdoch. Okay. That one sticks with me. Okay. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. And that one, I think there's a version for the masculine, but. Um, Heroes journey. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. is it the, the masculine one. Yeah. Right. Yes, right. yes, yes. Yes. So you've Great. heard of that one, but not the I, heroine. Yeah. I just seemed like. Oh, oh, oh. You might be ma- right. You might be okay. right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I have a good one right here. This when, one, it's funny. It was just sitting here. This one is um, "Being Peace" by Dick. Not I have his name. Dick Not Han. It's not. Yeah. yeah, I say it wrong, but this is a really good one. It's all about the same thing you talked about, like the non-duality and just having peace in any situation. I think like everyone, it would benefit everyone to be able to try and master that as much as we can. You know. Yes, absolutely. A lot of, so I have tons of affirmations written down and a few of them are from him. Yeah. He got some beautiful ones uh, regarding peace and the, and they're very, they're cadence style too. You can breathe with them as well. And um, yeah, so he's a beautiful teacher. I think he recently just passed his way, passed mm-hmm. away. As well. He did, he did yep. like I think two years ago or something like that. So so I'll yeah. I'll read I'll read what what it just opened up to. 
It says perceptions are perceptions of our body, feelings, mind, nature, and society. And then it talks about perception is very important for our well-being and our peace. It should be free from emotions and ignorance and illusions. Mm. Ah. Huh. It's beautiful. It's a deep what, one, huh? what he just described was being the screen. Yeah. Keeping, mm, keeping your- yeah. You're not attached. You're, right. you're, you're unattached to... The video game, to the video game. Right, right. The objects, they play out on the screen, but the screen never changes. Yeah, I like that. Love that. It's beautiful. Or or the sky. You know, the sky is the sky. It doesn't matter what's flying through it. Mm -hmm. The sky is going to be the sky. The sun's going to be the sun. You know, so just be who you are. And who cares what people think about you? You know, that's something I had to learn, you know, doing this work. Um, well, most of the guys I hang out with are all tough alpha males, you know, guns and, you know, muscles and all that other stuff. They're like, well, I think John's kind of a spiritual guy or something. And it's <laughs> I, I, I don't mind it. The, the guys that are in my inner circle, they know it. And sometimes they, uh, they're cool. And they, they talk about these things too, which is, which is. Oh, encouraging. I love that. I heard my mom t- trying to talk like that the other day. <laughs> And I was like, you are so cute right now. <laughs> yeah. I love when someone has, like, pe- sometimes people you never would imagine. Like, my brother-in-law was very kind of, like, ego and, and sweet guy, but just, you know, kind of a guy's oh. guy. And all of a sudden, he had this awakening and breakthrough, and he's, like, open to so much of this now. And I'm like, and you just never know. Someone could have something happen, and all of a sudden, they wake up, you know? I love those stories. And I, I usually... I'll go into, all right, bro, what happened with you, right? What what happened? What what woke you up? Sometimes it's a traumatic thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's unfortunate, but uh, it, as long as they get there, right, mm-hmm. and they get life of, of awakening, um, there's nothing better. I wouldn't give up what I've learned uh, for all the money in the world because I, I, I carry this piece around everywhere I go. And, um, yeah, I mean, isn't that kind of what we're all going for? And yeah, and going through at the same time. Absolutely. Kim and I can say the same thing, right? It's been a journey. <laughs> it's been it's been a journey. We've had some we've had some dark night of the souls ourselves. So yes. yeah. Yeah. Coming out of it, coming out of the, the cocoon now and gonna blossom pretty soon. Cool. Well, well supp- supposedly this the double uh, eclipse um eclipse has brought us all out because it's shed light on the dark and it's just bringing it all out. Good. It needs to be brought out, get yep. it out of the conscious and yeah. that way you can deal with it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, thank you so much for being here. This was like the most fast. I feel like we could just talk to you for three more hours. You're so on in alignment with all that we are too, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I love that. Very grateful. Um, yeah. How can people follow you or find you just so they can kind of see more about your book and what, what you do? Right. So I, I keep this stuff pretty close to the chest right now. Uh, I, at some point, I will be doing more of this work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, go to my Instagram. Um, I, I think uh, Eden has it. Um, it's uh, at Mr. John Darby. You just spell out Mr. And that that's it. It's It's on public so you can go and check it out. And, but it's just, I've done, it's just been my life basically, just like any other Instagram. I did some 
uh, after I got out of, I didn't tell you this, but after I got out of law enforcement, I did some modeling, like nothing major, just, I did some police stuff and I was in, uh, we were with this casting agency called combat casting. And so we did a bunch of cool stuff, Captain America and Marvel stuff. So it, I've, I've had, I, so some of that is on there. So How cool. Just, oh, oh, that's, that's it. fun. That's fun. Yeah. I, yeah. I saw it and I was like, Oh, does he just love himself? Here or it is. is this, are these real figures of <laughs> modeling? Well, I, I hate to say it, but you know, it's if they're going to go to the Instagram, they're going to see it. Like, what is this guy? You know. And for me, it, it was just fun. Um, I have one of my best friends. Um, his name is Jason Herring. He's an incredible photographer, and he works uh, in the in the Hollywood. He does the cameraman. He's a for some major sitcoms. And so he always wants, he's got such a creative eye. So I'm like, Hey man, let's go take, let's go take some shots. And you, he, a lot of the stuff on there is his work and you can see it. And if you're in Santa Clarita, you ever need a good photographer, that's the guy. So he's on my page too. So, and he's, he's one of my, yeah. So we have, we have a lot of those uh, film people out here that live out here. They do. They're all over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you are you originally from around Glendale or? So I was born in Van Nuys. Oh, okay. I'm a Valley girl too, and so is Eden. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think a lot of Valley people are up in Santa Clarita now. Yeah, I was raised in Northridge. Oh, okay. Did you go to Granada? Did you go to Granada? So my brother's. Yeah, where'd you go? I went to L.A. Baptist. Oh, okay. okay. I know some people did go there. Too. I, we yeah. went to Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Kennedy. Okay. Very cool. How yeah. funny. That's We're all so yeah. We're neighbors. I know. My I grew up on um, off of Devonshire and Reseda. So we were neighbors. Uh, I ah. grew up off of Plummer and Reseda. Oh my gosh! And I I lived yeah. there once. But I didn't. I, as an adult, I lived off of Plummer and Lassen. Wow. No. Does that run the same way? Uh, I think they're parallel. Yeah. Okay. Close enough, though. Plumber. Heather at the store one day. Yeah, I'm sure we yeah, did. Yeah. <laughs> Promise. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, small world. I love it. Well, now the valley. I joke around that now the valley is is popular because of Cobra Kai. So. <laughs> Absolutely. One of those guys lives out here too. Who? Yeah. Um, I told you. I don't. I don't. I don't watch it, so I don't know his name. But the oh. the. the the um the mean teacher oh, guy. Oh, Creep. 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 No. No? Yeah. Oh, the, the, the older. Blonde, the older guy who's older oh. now, but he had blonde hair before. He was right, like the rival. You're... Oh, Johnny yeah. Lawrence. Yes. Yeah. I don't it's know. Um, Billy. Bill, no. um Not Billy Zapka. No, it is. Is it him? I, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, okay. He, he lives well, out here. We'll move on. But, uh, I don't think anybody cares about what we're talking about. At it's this point, funny. So okay. So, <laughs> anyways, we we are just extra real on this show. But um, before we <laughs> sign off, just thanking everyone for listening. Eden, you were going to mention something really quick about um, your business and what you learned your new title is. Oh right. Okay. So I was watching um, the show that you recommended on Netflix, and it's called Surviving Death. Okay. Um, it was kind of out there, even for someone like me and for what us, I do. Yeah. What, yeah. Um, 
So there were some parts that I just like, it was bothering me a lot, but there was a one, one part they talked about um, mediums a lot and um, types of mediums. And one of them was a um, um, evidential medium. And I've never heard of that. Um, Cause basically I didn't do any schooling or any classes or anything like that. I just come from a long line of, you know, family who do, did this not long, but, grandmother and so I just knew it was my calling so I just did it and I didn't you know learn much about it um so I'm an evidential medium I looked it up and I saw that um it talks about how um evidential mediums don't ask you any questions they just meet with a person they don't know anything but their first name and they give evidence throughout the the reading that it's you know, they give proof or validation that these people are really coming through. So I, I love that there's an actual name for it. And um, so now I call myself an evidential medium. Yes. So do you say I'm an evidential medium and I do automatic writing? I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's part that's of what it. it seems like. But yeah, so I, I'm going to give a quick example. So I've done many, many readings with Eden and she gets word for word uh, information from past loved ones and guides and so as most of you know, she we have channeled Prince after he passed a lot and have a book and all of that. And one of the times that I, right in the beginning when we were doing that, um, I had been in my room after, after we started channeling him and I found this old jewelry box that was my grandma's. And I opened it up and randomly there was an old purple rain button in the jewelry box. And I was like, okay, whoa, I don't even remember I had this, you know, and I put it down, never told anybody, just kind of was like, okay, that's interesting because we're channeling Prince. And so the next time I did a reading with Eden, it came through from Prince. I saw you in your room opening your grandma's jewelry box, and that was my 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 blessing and what reminded me of my father. And he went on to, to describe Purple Rain, and I was like, okay, wow. It was so validating for me, especially. Eden's like, oh, yeah, this happens all the time. But... <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, no one knew that that happened. They saw me do that in my room. So that kind of stuff happens all the time in readings with her. So I just find that I'm not even being biased, but she's just very, very spot on in her readings. And it's very healing for those who do readings with her. So thank you. Therefore, you can contact her through our website if you're interested in setting one up. And um, John, thank you for being here. And um, so nice to connect with you. And you have so much wisdom and grace about you. And just thank you so much for being a guest on our show. Thank you, Kim. That was very kind. Appreciate it. Yeah. So thanks, yes. everyone, for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye, Take everyone. Care. Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. Find out more at talkpurposeandtruth.com. And follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook.